Hey friends, welcome to Girls Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson and I am so happy that you're here. Each week I have a girlfriend over and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the absolute full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends and I cannot wait to get started. So today we are officially kicking off season 12 of the Girls' Night Podcast and I am so happy to be back, especially because this season we are doing something we've never done before. For the next 12 weeks, I'm going to be sharing some of my very favorite past Girls' Night episodes. Now, if you're new around here, I'm so excited to share these episodes with you. These are some of my favorite episodes we've ever done and I cannot wait for you to hear them. If you've been a Girls' Night listener for a while, I am so glad to get to dive back into these topics together. If you're anything like me, you listen to an amazing podcast episode, but then several months or a year goes by and you totally forget about it. These are messages I know we all need to hear right now, and I'm so glad we get to revisit them. So with that said, today we're talking about how to stay close to your friends even when you're in different stages of life. This is such an important topic, and it's something I know we have all struggled with. And I couldn't think of better people to talk through this with than my very best friends, Michelle, Kelsey, and Shannon. I love getting to talk about this topic with these three because this is something we've been navigating for almost a decade. We've been in all different seasons of life and at all different times, single, dating, married, no kids, kids, and we've stayed close through it all. In this episode, we're gonna share with you how we've done it. We'll talk about what to do when you're single and your friends are all getting married, how to navigate having kids when your friends don't have kids yet, what to do when your friends are pregnant or having kids and you're not, how to handle a long distance friendship, what to do when it feels like your friends aren't prioritizing you as much as they used to, five tips we've learned along the way to help us get through these different seasons of friendship and so much more. My hope is that this episode helps start conversations between you and your girlfriends that are connective and healing and that help your friendships stay strong for decades to come. Now, just a fair warning, we cry in this episode, and my friends also tease me a lot in this episode, which is just to be expected, and we laugh a lot. I did my very best, both through shooting the morning looks and through editing, to keep this from being a full hour of us just giggling together, but I could only do so much. So just be warned, this is Girls' Night to the Max. But before we dive in, since we're talking about friendship, I wanted to tell you about my guide, How to Make New Friends, 10 Steps to Break Through the Intimidation of a New City or Season of Life. Now, some of you might remember this guide as my Dear Best Friends, Where Are You ebook, but over the past few weeks, I've gone in and updated the book, changed the title, and I've gotten to redesign the cover, and I'm so excited about it. So here's what the book's all about. This guide walks you step-by-step step through the process of making new friends, whether you just moved to a new city or stepped into a new season of life. A few years ago, I moved to Nashville knowing absolutely no one, and these are the actual 10 steps I took to help find my community when I was starting from scratch. These steps are practical, they're actionable, and I cannot wait to share them with you. To get a copy of my ebook, How to Make New Friends, just head over to my website. It's stephaniemaywilson.com. Again, that's stephaniemaywilson.com. All right, friends, with that said, let's jump into today's episode. Here's my conversation with Michelle, Kelsey, and Shannon. Okay, guys, I'm so excited about this episode. I need to just give you a heads up as to where we are when we're recording this. I'm sitting here with my three best friends. We are uh, at a... <laughs> Kelsey's 
professional counselor at a hospital in Denver and we have been friends for 11 years. I mean that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. 11 years. Yep. Hi, I'm Kelsey. I have a lot of hats right now, but I'm a mom. I work for a missions organization coordinating mission trips and I'm a makeup artist. Yeah, she is. And I've known Steph for 12 years, does that mean? Probably something like that. Okay. Uh, hi, I'm Michelle. I am a paralegal at an immigration law firm in Denver. I'm also a mom. And I, <laughs> I think I met Stephanie when I was eight. Yes. Which means someone do the math. 23 years? 23 years. 23 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> College degrees, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, just fun fact, Stephanie and I have spent New Year's Eve together during two, the 2000, mm-hmm. 2010, and now 2020. Really cool. Aww, yeah. Really cool. Uh, Michelle's also wearing her girls' night shirt. Yes. As we do this. So Very comfy. Now my favorite friend. Thank you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> um, that was easy. <laughs> we can just stop the podcast now. Bye. <laughs> That's really what we're here to do. Yeah. <laughs> So I have, I have questions for each of us because we're each in a slightly different stage of life. And um, I just, my hope was that we could talk through what this stage is like and what we need in it and what's hard and what's been helpful and how we've managed to stay close to friends. Also, what hasn't been helpful so that whether we're in, like whatever season we're not currently in, we can understand it better. Because I think we're, we're just, it's easier to be a good friend and it's easier to have like lots of grace for someone when you just understand a little bit more about what they're going through. And so that's my hope is we can, we can just talk about each kind of season of our lives, what it looks like, what we need so that we can each know how to be there for each other. So we can hopefully keep our friendships for a really long time. So Shannon, we're going to start with you. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about your current season of life? Um, like what it looks like for you, what some of the good things are about it and what some of the hard things are about it. 
Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm a professional counselor. I work full time. Um, I'm currently single. I have two cute dogs Mm -hmm. and yeah, that's, I mean, the most of my life looks like going to work. I work at a hospital, so I work weird hours. Like I have to work overnight. Sometimes I have to work on weekends sometimes or holidays, but, uh, work full time, spend time with family, friends, kind of the normal day-to-day stuff. Yeah. Like being single specifically. Okay. What's good about, like, what are some like sweet parts about this season and what are some hard parts? Um, the good parts are just being able to do what I want when I want, right? I'm not accountable to anyone else. I do what I want with my money. I do what I want with my time. Um, like, I just think the flexibility of being single of like, if someone asked me to do something, it's, it's ultimately my decision about what I can do or what I do with my resources, or I have more freedom to also meet up with people who maybe aren't in the same season. So as opposed to like, I have friends who have kids and they are not as mobile. I'm very mobile. And so it gives me a little bit of capacity to navigate that and move around. Um, I think some of the hard things are, are just not being at the same place, right. Of, of where my friends are. And I think like by no means did I think I would be at this point in my life and still be single. And so I think just some of the navigating that negotiating that, but yeah. So you, you mentioned friends in, you know, different seasons or in your current season. Mm -hmm. What are some hard things about maintaining friendships when you're in this season? And like, what are some tricks that you've picked up along the way to keep your friendships in this season? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Really? I don't feel like there are that many hard things anymore. I feel like when my friends first started getting married and having kids, it was really hard to accept the fact that things were changing, like the relationship was changing or how we spent time together would change or all that. And I think when you're the single one, it's especially hard because you're not instigating the change, right? So someone else is instigating the change for you where it's like, we had this good thing going on and we could hang out all the time and we had this and now you have someone else that you need to spend your time with and be accountable to or, or, and I know that their life is changing too, but I think it's, it's hard sometimes when you're like, I didn't want this or agree to this. And so I think for me, it was like getting over, uh, I think for some of my friendships, I like became resentful of that, that like things were changing or not doing that. And so for me getting over that and just being like, what can I hold on to from this friendship or what can we make of how it is now? That's what's been the most helpful for me. Yeah. Do you think it was mostly your you're choosing to do that or do you think you're you had some friendships that were that like met you in the middle a little more I think you did a good job of meeting me in the middle in particular Kelsey like I feel like you're very intentional and so even I never felt like when you were married or had kids or whatever that I was like missing out or not involved so I think it was definitely like an intentional piece and then I think there was also pieces of I, I like choosing of like, I just am not going to feel weird being the only single person with a group of couples. Like we're not in middle school. People aren't making out everywhere. Like are people married to get, are they married and like in relationships together? Sure. But it's not like, I don't know. I just had to get over myself and be like, I'm not interrupting. They invited me. I'm not interrupting their couples time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point. I know that, 
it's hard to be in a situation where anything about you is different than the other people who are there. Yeah, mm-hmm. so true. And that extends to so many parts of humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think we're a lot more the same than I think we give ourselves credit for. Like mm-hmm. just because we're in different seasons of life doesn't mean we don't still have things to offer each other. Like mm-hmm. Shane and you and I were talking about this yesterday when Carla and I got married, I had a friend, we were like, I don't know, having a rough day or something. And I asked, or I talked to a friend about it and she isn't married. And she was like, Steph, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm not married. And I sat there for a second. And I mean, that, inv- or that, that response makes sense. Sometimes if it's like, well, I've never run a marathon, so I don't know how to help mm-hmm. you. But the thing is about marriage is that it's a relationship and mm-hmm. we've all been in all kinds of relationships yep. with other humans yep. or and, seen other relationships. Or seen other mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. And so like this friend in particular knows both me and Carl really well mm-hmm. and she's not in our marriage. Mm-hmm. So therefore she she's actually helpful. It's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Outside totally. of the situation mm-hmm. yeah. to say, Hey, like, maybe your response wasn't that helpful or like maybe you could have been a little kinder and you don't have to be married to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know. That's, I feel like it was a bit of a tangent, but um, just something I wanted to mention. No. Yeah. How do you, I know that both comparison and jealousy can come in when people are in different seasons of life than you. Mm-hmm. Have you felt that? And if like, how have you, what do you do with that? I mean, yeah, of course I felt it. Like, like I said, it's like when you're 20 and in college, you don't think you're going to be 30 and single. Um, and so I think there's that piece of like negotiating and just accepting that like life didn't follow the plan I had in my mind for myself. There's always like comparison with the people where it did or where they had kind of the story you thought you would have. But then I think it's it's also like I have other things that I didn't think I would have you know, um, like a master's degree and I have cute little nephews that I love. And so, I I mean, of course there's comparison and jealousy, but I think again, and it's, it's also like there can be comparison and jealousy in other ways. Like sometimes Kelsey and I will text each other and it's Saturday and she's like, I'm like, cool, I'm going to take a three hour nap now. And she's like, I would love to take a nap. Um, and so it's like, yeah, it's like, of course, as much as it's like, yeah, I would like love to be married and have kids. I would also like, there's certain things that I have that other people would love. And so it's also, I had a conversation with some friends recently where it's kind of a bummer that these big life milestones, like the cliche life milestones of like getting married and having a kid are so celebrated when Mm -hmm. the truth is there's so many other milestones Mm -hmm. that are so important Mm -hmm. and we don't like, it's, it's such a bummer, Mm -hmm. like getting like, for example, like I got a big promotion recently Mm -hmm. and no one celebrated me in the way that they did. They did when I was like, when I got married Mm -hmm. or like getting a master's is like a huge deal. And so with these, (laughs) we made a decision that like, we wanted to be more intentional about celebrating like other gigantic milestones that aren't just like the cliche because, because this is because society tells you that like, those are the things that those are the things that have value Mm -hmm. when like, they're not the only things that have value. Mm -hmm. And they're not getting married. Isn't an accomplishment. No, (laughs) it's not the same as like, running a marathon okay it is an accomplishment but it's like it's not the only accomplishment it's it's a great thing but it's like it's not in the same way as like shannon you went to school for so long Mm -hmm. and working and like like marriage is is, and getting pregnant like i mean you have to work that a little Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i mean none of these things are easy or they and none of them just like fall in your lap Mm -hmm. but it's not like 
good job. You got married. Yeah. Like, that doesn't, that's not what yeah. that is. It's, yeah. This is a beautiful thing. I'm so glad you met someone. But it, yeah, yeah. And I think that's where it's like a celebration. Whereas I think people say like, good job when you make an accomplishment and it's, how do we learn to like celebrate mm-hmm. all of it? Exactly. But I also think the other piece that helps me is I like tried to find friendships that I know when I, it is my season, those people will celebrate and stay with me. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's also realizing like, yeah, I might not be in that season with you guys, but I also fully expect that when I have a baby, like Kelsey's going to come to me and hold mm-hmm. my baby for hours. Or, you know, yep. like, like I expect, or that you will come and visit me when I have in like that you guys are going to be when I there, when I get married. And mm-hmm. so like, yeah, it's, it can be hard to not do it at the same time or to not like try to compare them. But I also think it's like, you have to find the people that you're going to go through life with and you don't get to pick who does what when. And so I think it's like, I'm just going to commit to going through life with these people and they're going to commit back. And so we don't, it, we can try to take away comparison and jealousy as much as we want, as much as we can from the, the scenario. I, I, I'm kind of excited to hear what all of our answers are just because I feel like we each have like, oh, that was not helpful. <laughs> what are some things that people should not say to you life, or things that people have done that are just like that? Like you, you have good intentions here. I see that, but that's not what I need so mm-hmm. that we can, cause we just don't know that. Like mm-hmm. we, if you're not in the season, you just don't know what not to say mm-hmm. or not or to you've forgotten it. Or you've you were forgotten. used to be mm-hmm. in that stage. Yeah. So what are some things that, that like, that's not helpful. I think the biggest things for me are like specifically around dating. Like people will be like, are you dating anyone? And I'm like, either you should know, or you shouldn't be asking, right? Like either if I'm dating someone, I'm probably going to tell you it. And if I'm not going to tell you, then there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know why I wouldn't tell anyone, but it's, it's kind of a weird for me. It like always makes me uncomfortable and it makes me feel like it brings out like that insecurity of being single of like, cool, I haven't seen you in three months and that's what you want to know? Or like... Is I don't, that like my only qualifier? Yeah, yeah or exactly. I think it's like, it also like in my head, how I hear it is like still single. So I think for me, that's not helpful. Or the other one is like, people will be like, have you thought about online dating? And I'm like, yeah, it's 2020. I've thought about online dating. <laughs> what is this magic you speak of? Hold on, people like, and I know that people are trying to be helpful and like give me that push. But I think ultimately it's like, I haven't started online dating because of like my, uh, like for me dating, it brings out like the worst of my insecurities. And so for a long time, I've like pushed into the things that I feel confident in, like my education and my career and these things that I like know you know, I like know I can master and I still have work to do around like insecurities that dating brings. And so just like throwing myself out there in that like level of like risk and vulnerability is very scary. And so when people do that, it's like, yeah, like I've heard of online dating and the reason I haven't done it yet is for like things other than like, I'm too lazy to do it or I didn't think about doing it or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, it's more helpful of like, Hey, what's getting in the way of this or like what's going on? Or like, I mean, if someone like had something they wanted me to, to set me up with, like maybe that would be a different story, but just trying to like fix my problem for me is not super helpful to me. It's also not that nice to have someone treat an area of your life. Like it's a problem. Like, right. it's problem. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, yeah, yeah. Having someone try to fix you yeah. is simultaneously having them get up like get in a part of your business that you haven't invited them into but also mm-hmm. it's telling you like I think this is a problem mm-hmm. so let me 
and you're not going to say stop. Mm-hmm. You're doing a bad job. So you're doing a bad you. job. Yeah. Yeah. And I might, and I might be, but I think like, I might be doing a bad job because <laughs> I do like, I mean, if I'm being honest, like I do want to get married. I do like, that's something I want for myself. And so there is reality of, I might be doing a bad job to putting myself out there, like really taking the risk for it. But I think there's reasons why I'm doing a bad job. And until those get fixed, like until I resolve those or, or deal with those, like, I think some people run to relationships to try to validate insecurities. And I think for me, I like don't want rejection. So I avoid them. And so I feel like for me, I have to address that stuff before I know I could really like put myself out there. Whereas I think for me, it's like, if I met, if I meet someone naturally, like it doesn't feel as risky. That all makes a lot of sense. How can your friends be helpful in this season of life? Like what are some things we, we should say and do? I think what you all do very well is like still include me. Right. Like I said, it's like, I've never felt from you guys. Like I shouldn't be invited because I'm single or that I don't belong or fit in. Um, so I think like still invite people, still put it out there. Um, Kelsey, something you do really well is, is like, Hey, I can't leave my children, which is understandable, (laughs) But, but like, will you come hang out with us or will you come do something? So like, finding ways to bring people into what you're doing. And I think if like people don't want to do that, then that's on them. Like they're risking the relationship. And I don't think, cause the reality is, is as seasons of life change, the relationship will change, mm-hmm. right? Like we're just not available in the same way. And when we all met, at least when we, the four of us became friends, we were in college, we were all single. We were all um, very unattached. We had basically like, I have to go to class for 15 hours and then I do what I want. We all lived within like a, five mile yeah radius of each other we were all exploring the same things in our Mm -hmm. faith we were all we were all so much on the same page and I think as we've gotten older so many of those things have changed and the only real thing is like we've committed to going through each other's bases with each other and so I think it's just that idea of like like I'm gonna show up with you and your kids and you're gonna show up when I have a big thing and like if I have something going on I expect you guys to show up and you expect me to show up. And I think it's, it's like, you have to accept that things are different. They're just going to be, but the relationship is still really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Try not to cry over here. (laughs) (laughs) I think surprise. Steffi cried. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you know these questions. (laughs) Um, One thing I should, I'm really glad you mentioned this because I think that sometimes, and Michelle, I think that you and I have talked about this in different seasons. Like sometimes we assume other people can't or don't want to do something mm-hmm. like, you know, Oh, you're, you're married now. You're too busy. I'm not going to, I'm not going to even ask. Cause I think I'm just going to mm-hmm. guess that you probably can't come mm-hmm. or like you're, you just moved into a new house. Like I'm just, or you just had a baby mm-hmm. or you just got a new job. Did I already say that? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to assume that you can't come. But the thing is like, even though, even if you can't come, because there are seasons of life where mm-hmm. you're like, you just can't, mm-hmm. you still want to be invited. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to like continue a relationship, you need to still make the invitation and like, don't assume that your friends don't want to come because mm-hmm. they're single and you're not, or don't assume that like, like Kelsey, you have, you've done a really good job. Kelsey, you've had kids longer than Michelle. Kelsey's has. a really good friend if you guys can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> One thing Kelsey does well. Um, you've done a really good job of inviting us into your family. Mm-hmm. And like, you could assume that we don't want to be around because totally. you have two kids and they're loud. Yeah. Well, in mm-hmm. some ways, like, I know it would be more fun if they weren't there. <laughs> like, like, honestly, like, in some ways, like, I, in like, you know, I always wait for the times that we can have like just girl time or like just adult time, no kids. 
And it's like, I know that honestly, like Shannon and I, you know, like what you were talking about, like we would rather hang out just us, no kids probably, but I don't always have that ability. Right. And so it's like, and I would rather hang out with you and your kids than not see you. Yeah. And like Michelle did a really good job of that before, even while you were pregnant Mm -hmm. too, of she would drive like the full hour Mm -hmm. up to see me because I couldn't leave my kids. And like, and like, yeah, sometimes we'd see each other outside of that, but like, like both of, I mean, and then stuff too for you, like you've flown out both times I've had kids and stayed with me for like a week just to like be there. And so I think that presence, even when it's not what it used to be, is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think like, if you were to, just as an example, if you were to assume that like, I didn't want to go to the zoo with you because I'm actually going to cry. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were if you were to assume that, like, I don't want to be with your kid or I don't want to come to the zoo because, like, I just want to be with you. Well, yeah, I do want to be with you. But, like, I love, like, I want to go to the zoo with your kids. Like, I want to play with them. I want to see your daughter. Mm-hmm. Like, Mish, I want, like, we, you, it would be robbing us of really special relationships mm-hmm. with, like, mm-hmm. really amazing kids. Mm-hmm. And so that's, and, like, Shannon, we were talking about this yesterday. Like, we've gotten to know so many new friends. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I've gotten to know Alan and Tyler Mm -hmm. because you guys married them. And so now they're part of our friend group. And like, what a sad thing to only hang out or to like not let us like boundaries. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And like when you have kids, your kids automatically become a gigantic part of you, of you and your life. And like, if you, I, I would feel like if I didn't have my friends know Mabel or hang out with Mabel, like you would be getting an incomplete picture Mm. of who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's a really good Mm -hmm. point. I also think with that too, it's like you had said, you're like, there's seasons where people are going to say no or can't hang out. And I think you have to give grace. Like I know when I was in grad school, I was very MIA for lots of reasons, but I was like not super present. And I'm thankful that during that time, like I was still invited that when I decided, like when I was able to like be more present and be around again, that people weren't like, well, screw you while you were in grad school you weren't you here. Yeah. yeah. And so I think for me too, it's realizing like I was offered that and I want to be able to offer that to other people mm-hmm. of like, Hey, if people can't do something, I'm not going to assume it's because they hate me. Right. Yeah. I'm going to assume it's because something else is happening. Yeah. And it's when you get to, so we're all in like our thirties now and we've known each other. Early thirties. Okay. Early thirties. <laughs> you very, very early. early I'm 30s. 31. Yes. We all are 31. Up. I always round up. I'm like, I'm almost 40 guys. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, we, I mean, obviously like we have all known each other since we're college. So that's die. like, <laughs> that's like, you know, 15 years with Stephanie. It's been like 25 years or whatever. And it's like with the phases of like the MIA phases, that's what they are. In my opinion, they're Phases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there's going to be phases where like, if someone has an infant, they're probably going to be MA for a little mm-hmm. bit. I think if someone gets married, that kind of sucks, but like, you know, they're enjoying, you know, the first few months of their marriage, they're probably like totally just like into each other. And there's got to be some grace for that. Or and having school. Yeah. Or having, having a time. Oh yeah. Yeah. But kind of like sticking through with the relationships that you really value and, ho- and, and seeing that hopefully if, if the friendship is worth it, you'll come out on the other side. Yeah. Like, like that's not going to last. Like, yeah, long, exactly. Like, zooming out a little bit. Yeah. Cause I even, I, that was like, that's what I've thought of too, with like my friends, all of like, if you have friends who are newly in relationships or newly married, a lot of times they're obsessed with each other, which is good. They should be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd be concerned if they weren't, but <laughs> that like fades, Yeah, you know, I would, yeah. my roommate was dating her now husband. They would like cuddle on the couch while I was just sitting there <laughs> 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 awkwardly and like very, very like, 
on his lap cuddling and I was like cool and now now I like sit between them <laughs> we're not we don't all live together so yeah, exactly. I'd like to clarify that <laughs> but when like, I hang out with them yeah. like, like that passes the uh, the yes. that yeah that period gets better and now we can all be friends and that's yeah like I feel as if I'm friends with all of your husbands yeah. I don't feel like when they leave the room when you guys leave the room and I'm like sitting there with any of your husbands oh, I'm like so awesome. cricket cricket <laughs> so the season I'm in is that I am married, but I don't have kids. And there's kind of two pieces. To, so life right now, I think, is really sweet in a lot of ways. Carl and I have been married long enough that we, I feel like, are in a bit of a groove. And that's really nice because when you first start getting married, the part we see, like, on Instagram and from the outside is, like, very shiny. And, like, all we see is, like, bridal showers and mm. falling in love. Party. Yeah, Instagram. Falling love. And, yeah, your engagement photos and, like... The bride, who's, like, basically a princess on the mm-hmm, wedding day. Mm-hmm. Like, that part's really fun. But the thing that you don't see that's happening as you're planning the wedding and during the wedding is so much chaos. Mm. Like, family stuff mm-hmm. rises to the surface in a way you can't even imagine when you are combining two families. And, like, like your parents have hoped and dreamed about this forever. So, therefore, they have a lot of opinions that you never knew they had. Or <laughs> like, your mother-in-law has all kinds of opinions that you never knew she had. Mm. Um, mind you. Kathy, I love you. Uh, <laughs> she is a saint. <laughs> Kathy is a saint. Everyone loves Kathy. Um, but so it's just, there's a lot that's hard about it. And like, that's not the most fun part of your relationship. Like when you're engaged in planning a wedding with your person, like you don't have a lot of quality time with them. So you're, you're event planning for everyone, you know, you're spending a ton of money. You're arguing about who's like Send out the invitations. Or, I mean, it's Where just... There's a, you're going to sit Aunt Sally. <laughs> that's the So there's that. And then also, Sally. once you actually get married, um, I mean, some people, like you mentioned, like you guys mentioned, like have a really hard beginning of their marriage. I don't feel like Carly had a very hard beginning of our marriage, like relationally, like between us. But we had so much stuff in our life fall apart within that first year. And so we were on like the craziest mm. roller coaster ride. Life was really hard. And I'll never forget this. For the first, like, nine months that we were married, I slept, like, 11 hours a day. Not because I wanted to, but because I had to. I'm, I wasn't having, like, regular time with God. So my faith felt just, like, totally upended because my rhythms were so knocked off course by having another person, like, in my house. Um, I, I, like, wasn't working out. I, like, gained a ton of weight. Like, I wasn't. I was. It was the most unhealthy physically I've ever been. And it wasn't that life was bad. It's just that life was changing a lot. Mm. And I think that like some parts of it were really sweet, like setting up our house and like Mm. getting to live together finally was so good. But it just, even though it's really good, it's a lot of transition. And so I think that that's like when you see your friends getting married and then they all of a sudden sort of disappear for a while. Like the thing that I think we forget is like they're going through one of the biggest transitions (laughs) of their entire lives. And even though there's some like, cake and champagne that goes along with it it's still chaos and so that's one of the things um but another piece of life right now is that as soon as you get married it's not like people stop pestering you with questions and it's not like people like get uh leave you alone it's like great now you've passed the test like we'll just let you live your life now when are you popping out babies yes Mm -hmm. when are you gonna get pregnant and when and people ask Shannon like you said people come up to you and ask like what like so are you dating if people ask, like, are you guys trying? Yeah, are you guys trying to have kids? When are you going to have kids? Have you thought about kids? And 
most people have thought about it. Like it's crossed your mind. Mm-hmm. Still, how <laughs> and realistically, you've already talked about it with your other person. Yes, you've like, talked I mean, about let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> talked about it with your significant other. And I think that two things are happening when you ask. Like either if they're not currently pregnant, that means that they are either not ready. And sometimes that's just not ready. It's down the road. Sometimes that comes with like major fear and anxiety, which mm-hmm. it totally did for me. Like there were some years of some serious like panic attacks about mm-hmm. the thought of having kids for me. And so by you asking that, like you're bringing up this huge, like it's just an enormous life decision to ask about. And so mm-hmm. you're either bringing up something that's like freaking them out. Like you can't even imagine, or they are trying to get pregnant and it's not going well. Mm. And that's the thing, like, you know, we think forever that, you know, you have sex once and you're pregnant and sometimes that actually happens. (laughs) So like just uh, that actually happens sometimes. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but also some people don't want kids. And that's, that's like totally, a totally yes. stigmatized. That's a perfectly yes. fine. Choice. Yeah, but I think like we assume everyone wants kids, and I have plenty right. of friends who are like, I I genuinely don't want to have kids, and it's like we're like, oh, is something wrong with you? Like, can yes. you not? Yes. Or like, that's, okay, there's okay. I said two. They're like seven. <laughs> but no, totally. And and you shouldn't have to to like someone you barely know. You shouldn't have to talk them through why you don't want to have kids. Totally, yeah, it's a perfectly Amen. fine thing to decide. But yeah, I mean, there are a lot of. Like for many, many, many people, they don't get pregnant right away. And so by by asking or putting pressure on them, um, you're stepping on something that's really tender and really hard for them. Yeah. And so I think one of the I think one of the hardest things about this season is similar to how to, similarly to how I felt when I was single, it's hard to watch a whole bunch of people that you know and love go on to the next season without you. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like when you're single, it's like every day on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, it's like so-and-so got engaged and you're like, woohoo for you. Like really happy for you. <laughs> it, I mean, now for me, now it's, it's pregnancy. Or mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And like not even just people's first kid. It's like some people are on their like third. And so it's, that, that feeling Overachievers. Of feeling, seriously. Overachievers. That feeling of feeling left behind um, still. And it doesn't exists. even matter if, like, where you're at in your own process. Like, even if you are, I'm just not ready yet, it's still, you still have that feeling of being left behind. Like, it's not like that feeling goes away just because you're, like, in that, like, not wanting to be in that stage or whatever. Yeah, it's like, just because you've chosen, even if you've chosen, like, I don't, I'm not, not ready. Or not yet. Yeah, or you still feel like you're, you're falling behind. And it kind of, like, I remember when you guys started having kids, I was like, it felt like it put all this pressure on me, which it didn't. No one was saying anything, but I felt like I need to do this now because if I don't do this now, like I'll be, I'll do this alone. Yeah. And that's not true. Like that's not true at all because just like I've gotten to be there for you guys, like you guys will get to be there for me when it's time. And so, yeah, I think that's one of the the hardest things. And I think when it I think sometimes to- it brings out the insecurity too of like, well, if I'm not ready or if I'm what, for whatever reason, like what's wrong with me, yeah. right? Like yeah. if my friends are ready or the people that I was doing life with are ready and I'm not at the same place as them. And so we, I think it's human nature. We automatically assume something's wrong with us. Yeah, totally. Totally. So I think, I mean, I think it's similar. Um, what I, what I don't need is pressure and people I don't know asking me questions. Like if you, yeah, either you will know how I, how I'm doing, where I am, what I'm thinking, like where I am in the process or I don't want to talk about it to you. Um, I think that's okay because these are pretty tender things we're talking about in our lives. I'm actually proud of you for like getting to that point too, because I think, I think college Stephanie would not have been able to say like, I 
don't want to talk about that to you. Mm. And so I do think that's like something cool within your own growth of like, this is mine and it's special and I'm going to like reserve it. That's taken a lot of work um, <laughs> because I want to, I want to like people please. If someone asks me a question, I want, and I want to be close. So mm, I want to yeah. tell you the thing that yep. make me feel close mm. um, or make you feel close to me. But I think that, yeah, as I've, as I've grown m- more and just as time has gone on, the more I've been able to say like, this is just for me, or maybe I'll share this later, or maybe I'll talk about this more widely at some point, but just for today, I just need to hold this close. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think just one like kind of side note here, a lot of what we're talking about is people kind of getting involved in your life and asking questions you don't want to answer. And the biggest thing that I've learned is people aren't asking, are you dating anyone? Because they want to make you feel bad. They are not asking, oh, are you pregnant yet? Because they want to make me feel bad. They're just trying to make conversation and they don't know, if they don't know what to ask you, Mm -hmm. they don't know what not to ask you. And so the thing that I've like been trying is, is saying, you know, that's not what my focus is right now. But what I am focused on is, insert, this is what I'm doing Mm -hmm. this is the trip I just took or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So just diverting the conversation a little bit. But then yeah, if someone is kind of pressing, just being like, listen, I only talk to my closest people about this. Mm-hmm. So I just yeah. don't want to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think sometimes it could be the, the other side too of like, they're trying to make conversation or someone does want to be close with you, but they're maybe not at that point yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or at that point, you're like, you're, you don't have that type of a relationship. Yeah. Michelle, I want to go to you. So you are married. Yes. And you mm-hmm. have one sweet baby. Yes. So Named Mabel. Named Mabel. Um, and you work full time. Yes. So that's just a piece of your story that's, that's unique. And mm-hmm. that's kind of another thing that maybe like, we don't know if we have, like, as you start to, I don't know, just as you get older, you see where some division lines are mm-hmm. and the like working mom versus not working mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, totally. And it's, it's not as bad as I think it used to be. Like it's gotten better. Uh, people have had more compassion. I think there's other. more conversation about it. Yeah. 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 But I mean, you like, I don't know if it's not better. better. <laughs> it's just a yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Um, so can you tell us about your season of life? What's, what are some good things about it and what are some hard things about it? Um, okay. So my season of life is my daughter is 14 months old. So she's still pretty new. We just rounded out the first year with her and my husband and I've been married for four years. Our anniversary is on t- two days, <laughs> two days <laughs> or something like that. And as Steph said, I, I work full time. I work 40 hours, sometimes more, um, I have a really, really, I mean, I guess the older I get, the real, the more I realize that everyone's job is high stress. Like, I don't know. Mine's My not. job stresses me out. <laughs> <laughs> or not, I mean, it's just really, really busy. And, you know, and because I work in immigration, it's just a lot of really anxious, scared high, people. Yeah, it's like a very high. Mm-hmm. And our actual work. Yeah. Um, I guess one thing, and I, I don't know if this is normal or like just like just my own personal situation, but I just don't have another friend in my life that works full time in the way that I do. And is a mom. And is a mom. Yes. Sorry. That's what I should say. And is a mom. I have a lot of friends who work from home or have like, you know, Kelsey has a makeup business. We have friends who are photographers or, or even like their own business owners where they can kind of make their own schedule and blah, 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 or a lot of part-time work. But I don't know. I don't have a single person in my life that like works for the man, the way I just don't know anybody. So that's been not super hard, but just kind of, it's been hard, but also good. And the fact that I'm not comparing myself to anyone, I just feel like I'm doing my own thing and this is what I'm doing. And I just, however I feel is unique to me and I don't have to compare it to anyone else. 
So that's good. Um, but for me, and again, this is like the stay at home mom versus work. I mean, it's, you just have to do what's best for you and your family. And for me, working has been great and it's really good for me. And I also like, you know, I had the normal three month maternity leave and then I went back to work and it never, I mean, I've definitely had ebbs and flows, but it wasn't the immediate, like, depression that overtook me. And I was like crying at work because I miss my daughter. Like I was just kind of felt good to get out of the house. So, so that's like some good things about, I mean, there's some good things about it is I still have a lot of, because Mabel goes to daycare and because I spend, you know, eight to nine hours a day at work, I still have a lot of independence at work, but yeah, there's cons too. Like for me, because, because I work full time, you know, anytime that I take for Alan and myself to work on our own relationship, I am always missing my daughter. And I'm always feeling guilty, you know, like we just went to a wedding this past weekend and we were gone for two days. And like, anytime I go on a weekend trip with Alan, like, I just feel, it just like kind of kills me. And so I'm trying to like navigate that and learn. And then, uh, another, I mean, I think this is more just for like having kids, but just navigating like the huge transition in your marriage of like being married for X amount of years and having it just be about you two. And then it really becomes like a team sport after like when you, when you like bring a kid in, it's like so much (laughs) (laughs) sometimes, but just like navigating that and, you know, just having this living being in your house that you have to, that's like, it's not a dog because dogs and cats can usually, you know, be left alone. Yeah. Or I put my dog in a crate. Exactly. I don't do that with Mabel yeah, um, anymore. <laughs> I'm a mandatory reporter. So yeah, I mean, that's, those are kind of like the challenges and just, it's just like anything else. It's a big life transition. So, you know, we have, we fall down and we get back up again and we just try. And I just want to say too, I think parenthood specifically motherhood, I would say is very isolating Hmm. because I don't feel like I have anyone in my stage of life. Yeah. And so I know probably from your perspective, it looks like I have a lot of peers. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I, I don't feel like I have any peers actually. Yeah. Uh, Like my only semi peers are stay at home moms and I'm not a stay at home mom because I also work. Yeah. So just to say like you're, I think isolation is like a pretty big commonality Mm -hmm. in parenthood. And I think it's because every mom has to figure out what works for them and their family. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's not like just X and Y it's like a million different, different things, you know? So no, that's true. From what I can tell too is like moms, you guys have a different level of like pressure. I think there's like, yeah, we talked about like Instagram, like seeing people with kids or seeing people with this, like from our stage of life. But I think a lot of times when it comes to moms, there's a lot of like mom shaming or doing it the right way or the wrong way. And so I think that can be isolating too of like, I just want to make sure I'm not, I just want my kid to be a good person. Exactly. Like, I'm just yeah. trying to yeah. do the best I can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that sounds like kind of an undercurrent to what you were saying, Mish. Like, like I'm trying to fight against comparison. Like, we're just doing things the way that we need to do them. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. our situation looks different from other people. And I think the undercurrent to that is, like, you guys have a lot of a lot of people with some very strong opinions about what being a good mom looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so deciding whether it's I work full-time or whether it's we, like, do this part of life this way or we eat this way or our house looks like this or we live here or whatever yeah. like someone thinks you're doing it wrong mm-hmm. it's really hard because mm-hmm. this is like yeah most important like you have it's a 
really important job. You mm-hmm. really don't want to miss that. And I think like, I think when, I think motherhood also, like no matter what kind of mom you are, you always have this like voice in the back of your head of like someone else saying, Oh, I could never do that. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. like, yes. like when I think of like me being a working mom, like I, I have this insecurity that there's other moms that are like, Oh my God, I could never do that. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm and sure stay at home moms truth. and probably, you know? and that's, and that's, and that's, okay. that's, ex- and that's my point is like, yeah, if you couldn't, if you could never do that, then don't, don't do it. Don't do it. But you it know? doesn't mean that it's like, a but it doesn't mean that exactly 100%. Yeah, but like that's hard to get over because if someone were to say to you, like, I could never do that. It's like the rest of that sentence is I love my baby so much. I could yeah. never leave them. Therefore you don't love your baby because yeah. you leave your baby. Totally. Like yeah. you have to, it's like, mm-hmm. you have, that's a lot to as you have, it's like, you know, swimming upstream to yeah. like, mm-hmm. be like, no, that's not true. And it's a huge, it's a huge lesson in people pleasing. It's a huge lesson in being like, you know what? I don't really care what you think. I'm going to do what's best for me and my family. So, and, and just like quieting the voices because like, it's, I mean, it's a huge lesson at some point, like for your own sanity, you just have to decide to do what's best for you Mm -hmm. and, and not think too much about it. You know, I'm very like content working and that's enough for me. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there, and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me, and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing, that is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. 
Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It's another thing that you said, you know, you feel guilty when you and Alan go hang out. Like, so you're at work full time, mm-hmm. you're in daycare, so that means you're not seeing her. Mm-hmm. So then after work, that's like sacred time for you guys. Yep. Same on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And so talk to us about what friendship looks like. Because it Ooh. seems like if you have so little time with Mabel, you want to be with Mabel. Totally. Yeah. What are some hard things about maintaining friendships in this season and how have you still managed to do it? You know, um, I guess the huge thing that I'm learning that I've learned in the last like year since Mabel's been born is it's really easy to be friends with people in college when you are in close proximity, you're, you are all in the same spot in life. And, you know, as you get older and people move places and people have different, different places in life, things get a lot harder. And I feel like sometimes for good reason and sometimes for bad, like you just don't have time for relationships that don't, that aren't healthy and don't fulfill you and and are mutually beneficial. And so for me, it's actually, I mean, it sounds like it's bad, but it's actually really, really good that over, you know, the last 10 years since I've been to college, like over the years, I've had to be incredibly intentional about the people that I want to give time to. And also intentional uh, with boundaries and, and stepping away from a friendship and saying, Hey, like, this is not healthy for me anymore. And at this time, like, because time with my daughter is so precious, I have to know that the friends that I'm hanging out with are my ride or dies. And so, you know, today I have a lot fewer friends, like good, good, solid friends, but honestly, I, I enjoy it that way because everyone I have in my life is 
I don't want to say it's like a, it's yeah it goes both ways like I'm not just sitting here being like I only have friends that like do stuff for me but <laughs> no, it's just I, like but, but like think... a mutually beneficial yeah. healthy loving giving relationship like I am so much happier now in my friendships because I make time for them because I want to make time for them and, and not because they do it back. Right. Exactly. I think, I think yeah. the other thing is, is like, if I constantly feel like I'm pushing a friendship forward, then I've gotten to the point of just being like, I'm just going to enjoy you when I see you, but oh, you're yeah. not going to be my like number one. And that's one. like, and that's like 100%. That's like another version of drawing boundaries. Yeah. It's like, it's one thing to be the person who, who also kind of takes a step back from the relationship because they have other things going on. But like, no one really wants to be with someone who doesn't give you their time. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be friends with someone that like, they literally are not giving you any of their time. So sometimes you have to walk away from a friendship like that as well. Or I just think it's like just learning to be like, we're going to be acquaintances. Yeah. And, and, and being I'm okay with fun. that. Yeah. I'm going to have fun with you. Totally. When I see and like, you, you know, we, Kelsey and I went to a wedding a few days ago, lovely wedding, beautiful wedding. We had, there were like 20 of our college friends there and it was yeah. so much fun, but yeah. it was like, okay, when we see each other, great. We all have a lot, a lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. in our lives and let's just have fun at this wedding. And, you know, and those can still also be, good relationships, mm-hmm. but in like really, really different ways. Mm-hmm. This is a slight tangent, but mm-hmm. I want to make sure to say it. I think that sometimes when we have a friend who has gotten married or has um, had a baby, because those are just tend to be like the major, mm-hmm. major, major like, transitional. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes our friends do disappear. Sometimes mm-hmm. our friends stop prioritizing us. Don't make any time for us. Mm-hmm. Say like, I have to be with my husband a hundred percent of the time, or I can never ever get a babysitter or mm. you can't come over with my baby. You'll wake them up or something like mm-hmm. that. I think that it's really real. And I'm the worst at ending friendships. It's my, it's my biggest weakness. I don't know how mm. to do it. I don't want to do it, but it was just disappointing people. <laughs> <laughs> Please like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that sometimes friendships run their course. Like sometimes friendships mm-hmm. run season and, if you have a friend who has sort of just like dropped off the face of the earth in your life for a while and mm. they're not coming back around, I like it's okay for, for you to kind of walk away mm-hmm. and, and seek out a new friendship with someone who's going to prioritize you more. Yeah, like totally. it's never too late to make a new best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's really sad when someone who you wanted to be one of your forever friends mm-hmm. t- turns out to be someone who's just for a season. But the truth is like, if they don't have time for you or if they're unwilling to make time for you. And we're talking like unwilling, unwilling and also give them some space. Yeah. Yeah. And the phase thing, like sometimes it's a phase, but also using discernment of like, this is a long. <laughs> well, and I think, I think they are not calling me too, back at like, all. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like yeah. you can't make any time for me, no yeah. matter what we try to negotiate, yeah, as opposed to, to months. Yeah, to get to be in the same room. As yeah, yeah, too. as opposed to like you're not giving me time the way that I want it. I yeah. think those are mm-hmm. two different things. Yes, it's totally. like, yeah, I want it. I want to go have a six hour dinner with you and be alone. And you're not doing that. Well, maybe you need to get over that and yeah, go yeah. and hang out with to meet each other where you're as at. opposed to like, I've been trying to hang out with you, see you get you to do anything with me for six months when you're not there. Like, yeah, yeah I think you have freedom then in that point to be like, I'm just going to invest into something that's more, mm-hmm. that's going to like, be more mutual. And also like, and we've, the four of us have like totally dealt with this, but just finding new ways to communicate, Mm -hmm. like, 
you know, I work, so I have a lunch break. So I talk to friends during my lunch Mm -hmm. break and I give them a call and I set up weekly, weekly, you know, chats or biweekly chats. Like we've been using this app called Marco Polo where, you know, which is especially good for people like, you know, Kelsey and I mean, none of literally all four of us have completely different schedules. Mm -hmm. Like none of us are on the same schedule Mm -hmm. at all. And so with Marco Polo, like we can leave each other a message and be like, Hey, this is what I did today. Like blah, blah, blah. blah. And then whoever's receiving it can like, you know, we've just had to get creative Mm -hmm. in the way that we maintain friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, so, Hey, I just thought, yeah. of, I just saw this random thing that made me think of you guys. I'm yeah. Yeah. It. And just kind of real and being okay with that and giving like allowing grace for the ebb of flow of like, mm-hmm. okay, like, sorry, we're not going to be able to have like sleepovers every other week. Like we used to, you know, like, or we're not going to be able to like, you know, babysitters are difficult. So mm-hmm. we're going to have to hang out at someone's house or, mm-hmm. or you know, yeah. just like kind of just like allow it just, you know, and change is hard, but mm-hmm. it, it is you just yeah, got to roll with it. It's yeah. You're going to text me back eight hours later. And yeah. And, and that's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think like two things. So you guys have mentioned this a couple times, but since Kels had kids first, a lot of what we've done is like, go, and you guys, cause you guys are in town more would like drive up to her and mm-hmm. Kelsey, you would make a dinner, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And then, but the kids go to bed at like, Seven, seven or eight. And yeah. so you have the whole night totally. by yourself. Totally. So you just can't leave the house. Yeah. Leave the house. Exactly. So, so that's like a great, so, so when your friends have kids, like if you are mobile, like I don't have kids, so I can fly here. Yep. Yeah. Like totally. At some point, y'all need to fly to Amen. So, totally. but, uh, Done. But also, you know, we will. Totally. I know we will. Exactly. Yeah. It's so Touché. easy for me to get yeah. on a plane than it is for you guys. Yep. And mm-hmm. so, so yep. go to the person where it's hard for them, but it won't always be hard for them. Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, I keep thinking about that. Like, it's like for me, I'm on, you know, the, like it's harder for me on the front end, but like, I know that I'll be able to give more later that like mm-hmm. you guys will still be in different mm-hmm. stages, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, the other thing is, I think we've been really good about we don't have as much quantity time, especially with me, because I live in a different mm-hmm, state. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have as much like just meet for lunch or dinner mm-hmm, or something like mm-hmm. that. But I think we have we've done a, a really good job about quantity time. Mm-hmm. Quality. Quality. Oh, yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have quantity time. So we just like leave our quantity. kids and yeah. just like no, forget quality. about them and this weekend's a good Like quantity. we this. In May. We planned this in May. We literally booked yes, this in May. May. It is so, January. It is and, January. And we're yeah. going to have like 48 hours of more. Yeah, we have to be like uninterrupted yeah. time yeah. in a mountain. And we did that on, on a trip when we all turned 30. We went to <laughs> yes. Nashville. Mm-hmm. For so true. Week. So yeah. true. And like, so you have to plan things well in advance, especially once you have more humans and more schedules and more, more timetables and more. Can. Like everyone has some time off, and if you plan it far enough in mm-hmm. advance and like get a couple days together, mm-hmm. yeah, we've made such good memories together mm-hmm. yeah. in the last ten years. In the last ten years, we've been like not. It hasn't been convenient for yeah. ten years. You and I have only lived in the same state for one year. Yeah. Since of our friendship. That's wow. So crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's really true. Okay, Mish, hmm. I want to ask you just when it comes to being a mom, being mm-hmm. a new mom, being a mom who works full time, mm-hmm. um, what are some things that people shouldn't say to you and what, or do yeah. things that they should. Well, I kind of want to turn this question on its head because I feel like I've really sucked at that. Like I've always been the one that has. So I have this unique situation where, I mean, I have a lot of friends that have kids right now. I have a lot of friends that are, are in my spot of life right now. And so I feel like I've always been the one that's like said bad. I've always been the one that's like, <laughs> I mean, we know this. I'm always the one that's like, so, you know, every bad question that we mentioned. <laughs> so, I mean, truth be told, Junior I can't think of one. Apologize. So I'm here. Basically. 
<laughs> no, kind of. Because, like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I can't really think of any time that someone said, like, something super offensive to me about my kid or, you know, I, I, I can't think of anything. But, man, can I think of times that I, like, wish I could put my foot in my mouth. And um, Because, yeah, like, I think it's, it's not a really good excuse, but I just feel like sometimes... Anyway, no, it's not. Whatever. I just suck at it. Um, so I guess what I would say, coming from the other end, and, and Shannon kind of kind of touched on this is like, I feel like both ways grace is really, really necessary because most of the time, if they really are a good friend, it's coming from a good spot. (laughs) So intentions are there, but also like, I hear everything that you guys are saying and I'm, I'm absorbing it and I'm Mm -hmm. understanding like how this stuff comes off and blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. blah. But you know, there's just, I just feel like there's just gotta be a lot of grace. Like I, you should always give your friends the benefit of the doubt. Yes. You should always give your friends the benefit of the doubt. And like, I'm the first to say, them. Yeah. And I, and I think I'm the first to say that I have just not been amazing at it. I just haven't been great at it for years. I mean, you know, I was, I mean, I was single till I was pretty single till I was like 25. So I struggled. I mean, not as much, but I definitely had a few years where I was like, will anyone ever love me? Um, but, but you know, but then after, after that, I haven't really struggled as much with feeling like I'm not in the same, I mean, I'm just being honest. I haven't struggled as much with feeling like I'm not in the same spot of life, but at the same time, my closest, so just, that's more just like in terms of the worldview of like where you should be at. But when it comes to your friends, like for example, Kelsey, Kelsey got pregnant at my wedding. And so I entered marriage thinking that like well, Kelsey like and wedding. I were, well, yeah, she didn't, what did I say? Okay. Kelsey became aware of her pregnancy very quickly after I got yes. married. Yes. Um, and That's so I feel like I came, that. I, feel, yeah, I feel like I came home from my honeymoon and like bust in Kelsey's door and was like, you, me, Alan and Tyler are going to be best friends. We're going to like, bleh. and then she was like, I'm pregnant. I'm like, Oh, um, so, you know, just kind of like keep Kelsey, ex- how does it feel to know everyone was so sad when you got pregnant? <laughs> I know. Well, I same. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um, so just like, I think that like the older I get, just, I don't know, grace, 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 grace in every single direction. And, and having friends that you actually feel like you can give the benefit of the doubt. Like oh, if you have a friend where you're like, I think they actually really tried to just like be mean, be really mean to me. Maybe you need to reevaluate that friendship. <laughs> but if you, I mean, yeah. if you have good quality people in your life, you understand that most of the time their intentions are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So on behalf of all those bad people. <laughs> I say sorry. No, I just I mean we all know that I like say stupid things sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like ninety nine like ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time. And then the other point zero 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 one. Like my favorite is watching you say those things and then you're like, should I not say like, <laughs> like, you see that? Oh yeah. <laughs> um okay, Kelsey, I wanna get to you. So mm. I feel like maybe we should talk about just a little bit of, you really were the first one of us to mm-hmm. have a kid. Can you talk about like a little bit of what that was like? Because your process of, of getting pregnant wasn't like, we are trying for it. Yes, yeah. amount of time and it's happening and it was we're ready. Unexpected. Like, unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> you can call it that. I try not use the A word, but... <laughs> It's a surprise. Yeah. Oh, I was like, what is the A word? (laughs) (laughs) I really didn't know. (laughs) No, it was a surprise. Surprise. It was. Mm. It was hard. I mean, Mm. so I feel like I should tell this like a quick story because Michelle had just gotten back from her honeymoon. 
she walked into my house, sat down, and I had a card for her to tell her that I was pregnant. And in the card, I wrote, it's okay if you're sad. <laughs> because I am too. Which is, like, not most people's pregnancy announcements. They're like, oh, my gosh. Like, yay, we're so excited. And, like, for both my pregnancies, I was either crying or angry. So, and then, Steph, you came back out, like, two weeks later or something after the wedding for mm-hmm. something. I don't remember. But it was, like, really soon after. And I gave you a card. And I wrote the same thing. Like, it's okay. It's <laughs> but I think just knowing that, like, it was changing. And, like, I think it was really hard for me. Different, separate from marriage. Because marriage is such a choice. It was, mm-hmm. like, I mean, like, the first date is a choice. Like, I said yes to the date. I said yes to the engagement. Mm-hmm. I said yes to the marriage. Like, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. This was not my choice. And, like... I also think that goes both ways with like, you know, having like kind of what you were talking about stuff, like depending on where people at, like if someone's having an, like having a hard time getting pregnant, like that's not their choice. Mm-hmm. So like for me getting pregnant unexpectedly was like not my choice. So it felt very, I felt very stripped of a lot of freedom, like from the get go, mm-hmm. like very much like what I had planned just was not happening anymore. And I think that that's just, it's just not, I don't know. I mean, that's, I think that's kind of like what Shannon was saying too about, you know, it's not what you planned. Mm-hmm. And so what you don't plan is, is sometimes I think just can be, it, it's just more difficult in a different way. It's not, it's not more or less. It's just, it's just in a different way. Mm-hmm. You can't control it. So it feels a little bit like your freedom is stripped. And because I, that was such a kind thing that you did though, because yeah. you can't use card. I was shocked because you were, you guys <laughs> were like, you guys were like close to trying. Like you guys, it wasn't her. off the rate. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like, I was thinking like we would start when we had a baby, like the fall. Mm. So like we had a baby when I thought we would actually start trying. So mm. this was much earlier than you were yeah. thinking. But like you really, I heard, I like started sobbing and I'm laughing and I'm sobbing and I like didn't, and part of me was so happy, but then like, yeah. I was, my mind was blown that like one of my best friends was about to have a baby. Yeah. And then also I was so sad because I really felt like mm. this little baby was going to take you away from us. Yeah. And I think that, um, I, I remember having sort of this conversation with my, and so you saying that it was okay to be sad was really, really kind. Yes. I think I did a great job when I got the letter. You did. Which I, I was, ha- I, was really I was really happy. happy. Oh. Yeah. I really was. Yeah, but I mean, (laughs) no, I think that I was like bummed on the inside, but I, I knew I think I was like the best. You've always done that though. Oh, my friend. But I think like I had this, and this is super honest. Okay. So please don't let me, you guys can think I'm a terrible person. That's fine. Too late. (laughs) Yeah, we do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Part of me was like, when, when you told me you're pregnant, part of me wished you weren't. Like I, I didn't want you to be pregnant because I didn't want our friendship to change. Yeah. And I feel like that's a universal. Yeah. I mean, that's right? kind of what I was saying. Isn't that kind of what the whole, this yeah, episode is about? It's like, I, we've, we've, we have a good thing going on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Why you gotta go but, mess this uh, up? Man? Your baby's going to really kill the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like I thought, I walked down the road in my head a little bit and was like, if I just sort of am like not super on board for this, and this goes for marriage too. Mm. If I'm just like not super on board with your husband and kind of hold back and like, and sort of resentful, like who wins in this scenario? Mm-hmm. Like your newborn baby who is like of your flesh that you just gave birth to <laughs> your whole life or like me, who's yeah. like your friend who is now pouting because you had a baby. Mm-hmm. Like one of those people gets kicked out of your life and it's not the baby. It's not the baby. And so, and it's not the husband either. Like, yeah. so you either get to get mm-hmm. on board or you, there's not a spot. Or you fall off the train. Yeah. The train's going to the pregnancy station. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
was, and I remember making it really intentional because I was like, if, if I can't undo this, yeah, yep. then I'm going to love this kid so Amen. much. I'm going to hop on. I'm going to hop the on. Train. And the, I feel like the I baby train. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I really did. And so, yeah. and I feel like we've all done that, that like you can either not be supportive, uh-huh. but, but that doesn't turn out well for you. Totally. You really, I mean, things are going to change whether you want them to unless, or not. It unless depends it, on, unless it's like the person's, unless you're like, friend is dating someone who's abusive or something that's like completely totally. completely yeah. so a whole different episode that's what I'm, I'm just saying like unless that like what do you gain from being unsupported exactly. yeah. and not, not trying your best to do it it's like yeah you get nothing from it it's like yeah. I'm, I'm either gonna go with you or I'm gonna go on my own yeah and so I think like it's been just the most beautiful thing and and I think you know I've never been like a total baby person until you guys started having kids and I'm totally obsessed with your children mm. and so even if you're listening and you're like my friend's about to have a baby I don't know what to do with a baby like I don't think I'm losing my friend you don't that doesn't automatically have to be the case mm-hmm. and if you can jump on board and like try a little you'll fall in love with these kids and mm. then like you get to be part of the story instead of having this be the end of it. Mm-hmm. You know, does that make sense? Amen. Um, so tell us, like, what are some hard things about life being a mom of two and working part-time? And, like, just tell us about, tell us what your behind-the-scenes look like. Yeah. Um, so for some of you that have heard me in earlier episodes, I used to work full-time. Um, and really, I think I just, for our family, we had to make the choice of me stepping back from work. I was working as the assistant director for college ministry. So I was working really random hours. Um, Tyler and I were just two ships in the night and that Mm -hmm. was not what I envisioned for our family, either of us, not just me, um, Tyler and I, and we had a lot of conversations and I mean, Tyler truly left it up to me, which, um, that's not like a cop out. That was like, he really wanted me to make the decision for me. Um, and he was going to be supportive either way, even if that meant, you know, he was more at home and helping out as much as he could. But, I think it just made the most sense for us for a lot of reasons for me to step back from my work. Yeah. I think that has been, I've never been the person that was like, I'm going to be a stay at home mom. Like, and that's, that is not a judgment on stay at home moms at all. I just, I was raised by a working mom. And so I always thought I would work full time. Like that just was like always my, that's what I'm going to do. And so stepping back was truly for me, just like a big loss of identity. I think it was like, you know, you, your parents raise you and you like go to college for those of us that like, that's their story. It's like, I was, I like, was, had all this like input to me for my career. And then it was like, you start having kids and it just didn't really make sense for me to continue forward with like where I was at in my career. Plus it's not like I was not in a lucrative career. So it's like, if Tyler or I were going to lose our jobs, it was not going to be Tyler. Like that doesn't make sense for our family. And so I think like, you know, that was the choice we had to make as like a family unit. And it's a huge sacrifice that I'm making. And like, I don't think either Tyler and I take that lightly. Tyler has always been so grateful for what I do at home. He's like, yeah, he's amazing. So I think just having a really supportive family, like we are making this decision together, I think was really helpful for me. Like I am not making this sacrifice lightly. And like, I'm Tyler does not expect me to be at home. I am not like, doing this because I even in a lot of ways necessarily want to, but I know it's what's best. Mm. I think it was, it it was all, it was good for my mental health. Like I was emotionally like a wreck going to work full time. Part of that being, I was gone eight to 10 weekends a year. I was gone two full weeks a year on top of that. Plus I was working some nights. Mm -hmm. So like just the amount of like random, like, yes, I was still getting FaceTime with 
Bodie at the time, my older son, but I was not getting any FaceTime with Tyler. And that was like, I just wasn't mm-hmm. down to that. So long story short, um, my choice to be like working part-time is more just so we can have like some extra money, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it, it just, it just helps. Like it's definitely more stressful. So I guess I would say a lot of my peers are stay at home moms. Cause that's who I see during the day. Cause that's when I'm available, but I work during naps. And then when my mother-in-law takes the boys, yeah. So my peers just are in a lot of ways, less, less stressed than me, I would say, mm-hmm. because I am having to find hours to work. So like my house isn't clean. Mm-hmm. Dinner's not on the table. I don't have a beautiful roast ready for Tyler when he comes home. <laughs> like, and I like, honestly, a lot of my stay at home mom friends, like have like beautiful dinners ready. And I'm like, that is not my life mm-hmm. at all. And I know that's not every stay at home mom's life, mm-hmm. but it's just like, I, I'm basically like working all day, essentially. Like, I mean, because I'm either with the kids and then when they would go down and I could do those things, I'm working. So yeah, it feels isolating in a lot of ways because of my stay-at-home mom friends who have each other to like talk about, I don't know, other stuff about, mm-hmm. but I'm like still having to think about work and being like stressed about work. And anyways, you have feet in two different worlds. I do feel like so I have my feet in two different worlds mm-hmm. very much. And so I still think it's like the best choice for our family just because it does help us a lot financially, Mm. but yeah, it's like not perfect. And it, there's still a lot of ways, um, yeah, that I feel unfulfilled and that I'm like exploring those things and yeah, living a life I just didn't expect, I guess, um, with being more stay at home. So, and that's not, and I love my kids. We have so much fun together. I, yeah, it's like, not that I, I feel like that sounds really bad. <laughs> no, what? It's no like, one doubts that you love your children. Yeah, it's just like, it just wasn't yeah, so I think totally. just like working through like what I just didn't expect. And that's so. like that's so good to remember too that even if it's like like so me every time I open up Facebook like someone else is pregnant and but the reality of that is also sometimes not what you expect and like by mm. getting that one thing you know you and I have talked about this I've because I don't have kids yet I've been able to work so much like my focus has been on work so I feel like I've been able to like walk a few steps ahead when it comes to work totally you're a few steps ahead when it comes to family and like when you like there's sacrifices on both Mm -hmm. sides so I think remembering that and I think if you only focus on what you don't have Mm -hmm. you don't really get to see that kind of amen like I think you you fail to see those things of like where you're ahead of other people. Mm-hmm. Cause like, that is something I'm sad about. Like I had really, I, I do have still, like, I know it's like not my turn right now, but like I have really high career goals. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't just like, I don't know. I, yeah. Like I didn't think of like wiping butts my whole life. <laughs> like, that was not my highest career aspiration. And like, it's just, you know, I don't know. But I do, I kind of like what you just said of the, like, it's not my turn yet, because I do think Mm. that's a part of what you have to realize with any stage. Like for me with being single, it's not my turn for you without kids. It's not my turn Yeah. for you, for you with your career. It's not Mm. my turn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's Niche like, just has it all, yeah. <laughs> except for gut wrenching guilt. <laughs> <laughs> Joking, kind well, of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's like I think it's like, and I think that that robs you of celebrating other people where mm-hmm. they're at because if you're so mm-hmm. worried about where you're not, like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm like I, you know, I'm not engaged or I'm not getting mm-hmm. the promotion then like I can't be excited for Mish when she gets her promotion mm-hmm. because I'm just like oh well that's another thing on my list of bad mm-hmm. so I can't be happy for her but yeah. it's like no like 
it's just not my turn. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that that's just a huge part of friendship is celebrating each other where you're at mm-hmm. and knowing that at some point you're, you're, you're going to have to rally for someone when you're not, when it's not your turn and Amen. they will do the same for you. Mm-hmm. And like how, yes. like nice it is when it's your turn mm-hmm. and everybody rallies for you and mm-hmm. isn't like, Oh, well I wish it was my turn. Like, I don't yeah. know. Just like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because what, um, how have you, with all the things you have going on, what have you learned about maintaining friendships? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I I think really similar to what Michelle was saying of just, I think just having to really pick and choose. Um, like it's funny hearing you guys all say that I'm really, a really good friend. I'm like in my head, I'm like, well, I'm just really good friends to you. that's how I feel about me too yeah I mean it's like I I really have had to prioritize my friendships mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that I only have a couple friends like I feel like I actually do have a lot of like I still have like a lot of people that I love and get to talk to but it's not like the, yeah the vastness of what it was obviously like in college but um yeah I, prioritizing I think is so important and I think too, like I've had some, uh, some mom friends. I think that's something that's totally new for me is, you know, you need, you need friendships in every stage of life that you're in, whatever that is, you know, like Shannon touched about having single friends. Like that is still important to have those people that are in your life. But I think I've come to realize that there are a lot of people that want to give me advice and choosing to forego their advice. Um, and just, like not be friends with some moms like and not because they do things different than me I'm totally cool with people who do different things than me but the people the moms who, who judge me for what I do or who are just like their own insecurities are are popping through and like mm. they're projecting that stuff on me yeah we're like I've, picking I've, on my own my insecurities that they totally. know are there whatever mm-hmm. I've just had to like really pick and choose who my mom friends are too. Like the people that I'm going to spend daytime hours with. Like I, I always joke and call a few of my friends, my coworkers, like <laughs> the people I hang out with. And it's like, I only have a few coworkers, like mom coworkers. Cause it's like, there are just some people I don't want to spend my daytime with, like mm-hmm. for a lot of different reasons, but I just don't do well with judgy moms. Like yeah. I like, we're all in this together. Like parenthood is super hard. It's very complicated. It's very complex raising humans who are their own humans. Like, these that you don't own them you they are they're not yours like they are on this earth as their own people and you're raising them to be their own people so like I get pretty fired up about like <laughs> really judgy moms like it's, uh-huh. I don't want to I don't I'm not interested mm-hmm. so I'm really picky with who is in my life and who's around my kids mm-hmm. yeah so I think also you know I like that you said mom friends because I think one of the things that can be hard is as we watch our friends go into different stages like, you know, we all have seen our married friends go, well, we're looking for some married friends or something. Ugh. And, but like, <laughs> sorry, I just like hate that. But I also think there's like nothing, I think, sorry, I marriage think and mom like, friends, I feel like are like, it's one thing to be like, I am going through this big thing with this child that I'm raising. Therefore I want other people, but, but like, I've definitely had people, we've all, like, we've all encountered like couple for like people that are couples and then all of a sudden they're like well I want to hang out with other couples I just like always thought that was well I think that's I think it's when the problem becomes when it's exclusive exactly I think there's I think there's benefit to finding people who are doing the same thing Thing yes and so like like I think about because um I do want single friends who I can call on Friday at like Mm. 5 p.m to go get happy hour right Mm. or like do whatever I do want 
other counselor friends who can like know how crazy totally. my day was yeah, totally. right in a way that like no offense but you guys don't know what it's like totally. to have someone strapped to a table yelling at you <laughs> no, that no, i don't so, like, so i mean i think <laughs> but i do think it's like i so yeah. i think there's benefits to having people who are in that stage of life yes but also like I think the problem becomes when, when it's like, I can only have those. I'm investing in those. I'm compromising what I have that's in a different stage of life. So I can only surround myself with these. And that's kind of what my point was. I feel like like this, the bitter singer girl that still lives inside me, like just, I feel like when, (laughs) I feel like maybe like five or so years ago when people started getting married and I was still single and people were like, well, we're hanging out with other married friends. I was like, kind of like what you, Shannon said earlier, like just not making it a big deal if you're single or married, like just. Just totally. hang out. We're all friends. And, and I all... think like my counselor friends don't like I have counselor friends, right? But they don't make me love my relationship with you guys anymore. Yeah, less, exactly. Right? And I they didn't replace my friendship with you guys. And yeah. the same with like your mom friends. Kelsey haven't replaced any of us. Yeah. You yeah. need friends who are who are either like close proxim- mm-hmm. proximity friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And sometimes you're seeing people who are, like, going to fill your day or, like, fill your time. And there's nothing wrong with having, like, kind of surface friends. Like, this is the friend I go to the gym with. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. You're allowed to have all different categories of friends. My my favorite example is Michelle is really, really into music and always has been. And when we were in high school, I really tried to keep up and, like, go to the concerts and, like, Mm -hmm. learn who the bands were. And then I realized... I don't care. And I <laughs> she did not like it that much. <laughs> she did not like it that much. But so the thing is that, like, Michelle, you've had friends, and some really good ones, like, I know you guys go to concerts, mm-hmm. together, but you've had friends that were, like, not really that good of friends with you, but you loved concerts and they loved concerts. Mm-hmm. So, like, you guys would go to concerts. Basically how my marriage began. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know this guy, but like, I don't have any other friends that go to shows, so I guess I'll just go to shows with this guy. Ooh, you're hot. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, one hundred percent. For for all of us to have. Like, oh yeah. Different friends and different. Well, like, I don't ski, lives. so I don't expect to be someone's ski friend. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. Um, <clears throat> tell us what what are some things that we like friends in different seasons can do to to love you and be there for you as you are walking through this. Yeah, well, when you were talking about, like, not being a baby person, I think it's just doing your best to meet people where you're at, even if you don't know it. Um, Same thing that you said with, like, the marriage advice. I just think, you know, I I knew other people that had had kids, like, family members with kids, so I didn't feel like I was, like, the first of the first. Um, I mean, I was in this, like, with my close friends, but I do feel like I had a lot of other people that that I could look to um, for things, but it was, like, just having help and support even if you aren't in that stage like you're just a phone call away knowing you're a phone call away or that you come senior those kind of things is honestly just enough because yeah again it is it can be it's just such a life-changing experience and it's good to have people that are checking in on you yeah um so we're almost done but i want to go around and just say like one last piece of encouragement like try this don't do this like we've done this and it's been great remember this just from each best. I can go first because I know friends. I can go. One of the things to remember is kind of like the invitation thing. Like, don't assume that people don't want to come. Make the invitation mm-hmm. anyway. Let them decide. Mm-hmm. Um, don't assume that people... Sorry, okay, I have to. Yeah. Don't assume that people won't understand because it's not... You don't have to be in the same... Like, in the same situation exactly. We're never in the same situation exactly. Mm-hmm. But we can listen and we can empathize and we can say, listen, that's 
sucks or like how can I what can I do or like don't don't assume that people don't understand because I think that that's one of the things that divides us the most is acting like well you're single so you don't understand what it's like to be married yeah. okay it's not that mysterious yeah. <laughs> my parents like, were married it's not that mysterious and so but when we act like it is or when we act like oh motherhood is just this thing you won't understand until you get there like mm. now you've kicked me out now you've said that i yeah. can't i can't come and, yeah. and that's that's what tears us apart and so don't assume that people don't understand what being single is like or don't understand like let help people understand yeah um and then the other thing is be willing to talk about things that aren't your season. Mm. I think I've only done this with you two specifically, Kelsey and Michelle, once. I think I've only one time had to be like, can we stop talking about kids? Mm. But to that said, I want to listen and I want to learn and I want to hear about your kids because mm-hmm. I really love mm-hmm. them. But at some point, I need you to also be willing to talk <laughs> about something. Only kids. hear about breast milk for so long. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I need to be willing to talk about it. That's like a thing that you guys mm. are thinking yes. about. But mm. it's also but being willing to... Yeah, and sometimes you might need to say that. You might need to say, like, hey, we've been talking about breast milk for, like, two hours now. Totally cool. I'm here for it. But also, <laughs> can we talk about this <laughs> other yeah. thing instead? Yeah. Um, so those would be my, like, last tips. What I've learned in life is that this, the whole meeting people where they're at in different seasons of life starts out really small. You know, like I remember living in a sorority house with Kelsey and her having a boyfriend and being like really bummed about it. But when you skip forward 10 years, people are just going to change more and more. And you're going to bring in, you know, kids, marriages, sick parents, divorces. We're just always I mean, I feel like we all kind of like take off from this dock of Mm -hmm. college. And then like literally if we're talking about going into our 70s and 80s, it's only going to get harder. So it's something that we can like try to navigate and learn now and just perfect over time because it's really only going to get harder. I would just say if not only if you don't have those people, but if you're spending your time with people that like don't fill you up, don't make you feel like a better person, don't make you want to spend time with them. Like I would just say like, yeah, it's, just quit. That's probably <laughs> Life's not, too busy not to spend super, time with people that aren't good people. Like, that's not overly wise things, but like, like the room that we're sitting in right now is a group of four people that truly love each other. And I mean, we think the best of each other. We want the best for each other. We celebrate each other. We sit on hard phone calls and cry with each other. Like those are the friends. Like the friends are not the people that like you can just go to happy hour with like those friends are great but like they're the friends that you can like cry with and laugh with and do real life with so like if you don't have those people yet like I would just say go find them like mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that that's hard because I, I think finding friendships in our 20s especially like later 20s and even 30s it can just get harder but I just think it's so worth it it's worth it to, to maybe make some distance from people who aren't that for you. Totally. Like mm-hmm. life is too short to spend time with people who are not kind to yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. And, do and you don't need many. Like you can mm-hmm. have one, like one is enough. Like mm-hmm. you don't need to have 40 best friends. Like you can literally have one and that is sufficient, mm-hmm. but like find those people, mm-hmm. that person, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's worth it. Um, I think I might have two, but one is just the idea of like accepting the change. There's something there's some commonality that brought your friendship together at some point. And so even like, I think for us, it's, 
we're all at different seasons. We're all at different places with so many aspects of who we are. But I think there's a lot of things like we still like to laugh together. We still have all of these things that have brought us together. And so I think we've just found a way to remember those, even though we're all in really big different seasons and accepted the changes that come with that. And then I think the other um, the other piece that we didn't really touch on, but that I think is important is like get comfortable with conflict. Mm. Like, I think we have all had to have hard conversations with each other of like, hey, that hurt my feelings or hey here's what's going on. And I think that piece of, if I can give you the benefit of the doubt, then we can get through this as opposed to you offended me or like, cause we're yeah. just, I mean, Michelle joked about like how she doesn't, but we all have said offensive things no. several I'm times. Not the only one. No, it's like, and we have all hurt each other at some point yeah. in time, but we know no one intends to hurt each other. And so we've figured out how to fight through it. And we've really gotten to the point of just being like, we're just going to resolve this as opposed to letting it build. And so I think for me that that's just been an important thing is like, I trust that I am here because you value me and you don't want to hurt me, but I was hurt. So yeah. let's figure it out. I love that guys. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. I wanted to have this episode for so long and I just, I love getting to introduce the girls to you and introduce you to the girls. Um, and guys, all of you listening, like, I just really hope that this is helpful. Friendship is hard sometimes and mm-hmm. can be really heartbreaking. Like it's, Friendship is is not easy, but it's worth it, and um, and it doesn't have to end. You guys, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it doesn't, it doesn't have to end in different seasons. It can only get sweeter. And so, with that said, we're gonna go play and hang out in snow and celebrate New Year's. But we love you guys, and we're praying for you and praying for your friendships. So, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Friends, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I cannot tell you how much it means to me to have you here at Girls' Night. Before you go, I would love it if you do two quick things. The first is to make sure you subscribe. Subscribing to the podcast is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It's also a way easier way to listen because it's a way of bookmarking the podcast. You never have to go looking for it again. Your app will just automatically download the next episode when a new one's released. The other thing is that it would mean so much to me if you would take a quick second to leave a rating and a review for the podcast. The way that iTunes knows to suggest the podcast to new people is by their ratings and their reviews. That's how we invite new friends to our girls' night. So would you do me a huge favor and take a quick second to leave a rating and a quick comment about how you like the podcast so far? It would help me out so much. And thank you to all of you who have left all of those beautiful five-star reviews already. I can't tell you how much it means to me. All right, friends, that's all we have for today, but we'll be back next week with another episode of Girls' Night, and I cannot wait. I'll see you then.